0: The following message by Shane Sowers is brought to you by Central Baptist Church, Aurora, Colorado. www.cbcaurora.com So if you have your Bibles, today we want to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Uh, Today we're going to be zeroing in on verses 3 to 9. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 to 9. While you all are turning there, uh, humans seek after hope. Uh, It's been said humans seek after hope, like moths seek after light. It's intrinsic to who we are. A neuroscientist, Tali Charot, she argues hope is so essential to our survival that it is hardwired into our brains, arguing that it can be the difference between living a healthier life versus one trapped by despair. Studies show hopeful college kids get higher GPAs and are more likely to graduate. Hopeful athletes perform better on the field, cope better with injuries, and have greater mental adjustment when situations change. In one study of even the elderly, those who said they felt hopeless were more than twice as likely to die during the study follow up period than those who were more. Hopeful, so it's pretty clear hope is a powerfully uh, catalytic. Is powerfully catalytic, and why Dr. Shane Lopez, the psychologist who was regarded as the world's leading researcher on hope, claimed that hope isn't just an emotion but an essential life tool. In a powerful article titled, Dying of Despair, a psychiatrist observes the startling rise in deaths from suicide and drug overdoses. He points to a number of long-term studies that have analyzed the difference between high-risk patients who survive and those who die by suicide. And here's his conclusion in the research. It says, over a 10-year span, it turns out that the one factor most strongly predictive of suicide is not how sick the person is, nor how many symptoms he exhibits, nor how much physical pain he is suffering, nor whether he is rich or poor. The most dangerous factor is a person's sense of hopelessness. The man without hope is the likeliest candidate for suicide. He says, we cannot live without hope. And the Lord knows this. Well, he made us. He fashioned us. And our Lord wants this because he made us, He fashioned us. And the Lord has provided for this. So as we begin our Advent celebration today, we focus on this all-important characteristic of life. And what a powerful thing this is, this thing called hope. It is the light in the darkest of times. It is a sweet sound in the noisiest of times. It is a sweet smell in the most repugnant of atmospheres. It's the caring touch in the arena of terrible abuse. It is what gets us from here to there. It's what gets us up. It's the reason we can enjoy the reason for the season. Hope. Hope. And yet, hopelessness continues to find its way into our culture, into our homes, and even into our churches. Many people today are so angry. Many people today in our homes, in our culture, in our uh, surrounding areas, in our neighborhood, many people are so angry and so hopeless that they are reacting and aggressing over some of the most bizarre things. Bizarre things. Um, My uh, daughter was telling me that there's some video, TikTok video that's going viral of some girl who's dancing ballet and a lady who duets with with this, this video and is angry, upset, yelling, cussing, and calling her a racist. All she's doing is dancing ballet. And I'm just thinking like, it's amazing today what we get upset about. It's amazing today what angers people. It's amazing what, what starts the, the, the fury, what starts the, 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 uh, the parade, the, the, the uh, contentions that we see when it comes to stuff that happens within our world. It's just bizarre that we get so upset about all of these types of things. <laughs> it's like, you know, I remember growing up and it's like you get upset for certain stuff and I can hear my, my mom's voice and my dad's voice. This is not something to get upset over. And I think that's what we need a little bit of that in our culture today, that voice. This is not something for us to be getting upset over. Why are we getting upset? It's just bizarre what we get upset about these days. We need to get our anger and aggression out. And that's what, that's what many say today. Many of the psychologists and many of those, the, the life coaches are just like, you need to get your anger, you need to get your you know, aggression out. And what happens is we're supposed to find healthy ways for us to get this out, but we just get it out. Any more these days, it's just, hey, if we can take it out on this situation, let's just take it out on this situation. I mean, it's, it's funny it's funny because, you know, sometimes you know when the reporters go out and we got a lot of protesting and things that's happening in our culture today, and we're not going to talk about the issues. Let's not talk about the issues. But what I thought was really interesting is the reporter will go up to some of the people that's in the crowd and just be like, "Hey, so so what are your thoughts about the issues here today?" Oh well, you know, uh, we gotta we gotta deal with you know California, you know uh, the you know the fuel situation with Pakistan. And it's just like, oh, well, I thought you guys were protesting for the Palestinians. Yeah, 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 that's what we totally are doing. But your issue is with California and Pakistan. Yeah, 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 that's totally what it is. I'm like, do you know exactly why you're here and what it is that you're protesting? No, you know what, dude, I got to be honest, I don't know. But me and my friends just had nothing to do. So we thought that we would come and start yelling and screaming and getting angry, and breaking stuff, because we can break stuff. And it's just like, wow, have we gotten to that place now where, hey, a bunch of people are getting together to yell, scream, and break stuff. Let's just join in the party, because we're just so angry, we're so upset with the world that we're just looking for anything and everything that we can do to get angry and to get it out. Bizarre. Really bizarre things that we're getting upset and we're getting angry about. People say the meanest things to people they don't know. Right? Isn't that another bizarre thing that's happening? I mean, it's been going on for a while, but people say the meanest things to people that they don't know. Why would we do this? Why do we do these types of things when it comes to this? We do it just because. See, and I feel like in our culture today, what's causing the anger and causing the frustration that's happening is this growing sense in our culture, people in our culture who have no hope. But it's bizarre in our culture today, and I'm not going to lie, we have a lot in in our culture, in the country that we live in, we have a lot. We were blessed with a lot. So the thing that's interesting is it's, where is the hopelessness coming from when an individual's life isn't necessarily uh, at the edge of the sword on a moment-to-moment basis when it comes to our culture? See, and I think in our culture, what we have done is we've embraced a new form, uh, the best word I can think of, guys, is existentialism. If you can think of a better word, come tell me later. But a new form of an existentialism, there is no God. That will do anything about anything. So there is nothing but nothing in the future. And, and because of that, you know, it's 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 coming from this idea of nihilism. Okay? But what I'm calling it is not a a life nihilism. It's in our culture, it's a lifestyle nihilism. Because in our culture today, we don't have to deal with life issues like we, this is, this is in da- we're in danger of not having a life. We're in danger of not having our heartbeat tomorrow. What we're in danger of is not having the lifestyle that we've been working so hard to have. Well, think about it. That's the, the thing with suicide, right? You're, you're killing yourself because what's important to you isn't actually your life, What's important to you is your lifestyle. And you don't have the life that you really want, so we end the life. It's like a lifestyle. We, we The lifestyle we want maybe in is in our sights or maybe it's in our grass, but we, we do everything that we can, but we just can't seem to get it. Or even if we do get it, we find that it's just not enough. And if I can just get one more, I'll be okay. And then we get the one more and we find out that we're not okay and we just need one more. And no matter what happens, nothing ever comes. There's just nothingness when it comes to our lifestyle. And that's why we'll ignore consequences. We know there's going to be consequences for doing what we want to do, but we want our lifestyle so bad that we're willing to deal with the consequences to get it. Because in the end, really, so what? Am I going to, I'm going to do what's best for me. I'm going to do what's best for mine, but I just cannot get the lifestyle that I want because today my hope is in he or she who can bring me the lifestyle that I want. This person can give me the better life. I'm hoping for a better life. My hope is in a better life. And when we don't get it, then we don't have hope. Because in our twisted culture, we think that lifestyle is better than life. If we can't get the life we want, then life is just not worth living. That's what's happening in our culture. This idea, this this shift, the ideals, the ideology is changing, is twisted. Because ultimately, in the end, we believe that living the best life we can here on earth is the reason why we are here. That's that's ultimately all this. Remember, I told you last week, you want all your problems to go away? Then come to the realization that your purpose here on earth is to glorify Christ. Now, if that's our purpose, and we recognize, realize, and truly believe that, then as long as Christ is glorified, it doesn't matter what's happening to us now, is it? Changes everything. Even when it comes to our trials, our circumstances, you know, Shane, I just we just you know, we just can't get through life, we can't get through this, we can't get that. But is Christ glorified? Yeah, he is actually. So praise the Lord. I'm doing what it is that I'm supposed to be doing. But see, we get frustrated with life, we get frustrated with lifestyle because ultimately we believe that we need to live the best life that we can, have the most happiness that we can, fulfill all the pleasure that we can, actually fulfill all the desires that we can here on earth. See, that's why the best salespeople, the best salespeople in the world are those who can sell me things that will make the pain go away. Today in our culture, if you got something that will make pain go away in my life, Yeah, I'll buy it. I'll put a lot of money down on it too. We'll spend a lot of money on things that make our problems go away. Seriously. So if you can make pain go away, if you can get an individual a better lifestyle, man, you better believe they're going to buy whatever product it is that you're selling. Even if it doesn't actually work. If there's just a possibility that it could i 'll buy it seriously, the things that that people will spend money on Hey, I, I I tell you this story there 's a, a a member a, a husband and a wife at the the church I was in in Hawaii. she went to this healer uh, it was supposed to be like the spiritual healer, and they told me about this you know much later, <laughs> so she has um, uh, I can't remember if it's like Lou Gehrig's disease or something like that, but it's something that's really painful. Um, and so she has to deal with pain all the time. And so she just is tired of living life in pain. So she went to this healer and this is a person who will lay you on the table and she says that she has the gift of healing and she'll put her hands on her and then she'll pray over her and, you know, and as through the sessions that has that, you know, she'll get healed because of the gift of healing that she has. And she charges 200 and something dollars an hour. To pray for you for healing so they went in and um, you know she laid hands, prayed, nothing nothing happened so they went for like several months uh, doing this stuff paying this lady $250 I think is what it is, an hour to, to use her gift of healing to pray and so we get done and we start talking I'm just like okay I'm not saying that God can't heal, that people can't pray for you and you get healed, I'm not saying that But I'm saying like after a couple of times, wouldn't you guys kind of got the idea like maybe this lady doesn't have the gift of healing? Uh, Maybe that might be something that we would consider. But it was really odd. It was like she was so desperate when we're talking. The desperation of her wanting to get healed and, and to feel better was so desperate that even if there was a small, tiny inkling of a possibility that this could happen, To her, it was worth it. And they were plunking thousands of dollars down for this, even if there was just a small, tiny possibility that it would work. It's amazing what it is that we'll do when it comes to pain, when it comes to our problems, and when it comes to our lifestyle. I mean, come on, my my sister is all into this thing right now where apparently a bunch of celebrities are coming out and saying that the reason why they're famous and rich and, and famous is because they sold their soul to the devil, I don't know, have you guys heard been hearing that? I guess it's like a, a, a popular thing now. where all these famous actresses and actors and musicians and, but well, we knew about the, you know the musician, right Robert Johnson and all that stuff at the crossroads. And you know, so so much so lifestyle, so much so, we want that so much that we are even entertaining the possibility, or fact, for some people, apparently, that they actually sold their souls to the devil so that they could have the lifestyle that they want. That's how desperate we are. But the reality is what? We don't get the lifestyle that we want. And no matter what we do, no matter what we do and try and all that stuff, we just don't seem to get what it is that we need. But people will say, but Shane, sure, I rejoice that Jesus has come to save us from hell. But who's going to save me from my bad life here and now? You know what, Jane? Honestly, I don't need help in the future. I need help right now. My hope is for blessings now. I know I'll go to hell, I mean to heaven someday, possibly hell someday, but heaven someday. But, about my, but what about my hope for tomorrow, my 24-hour tomorrow? So many will resign to, I got no help from God tomorrow, so I got no hope, all is lost. I gotta do the best I can with, with no worries of future consequences from God because I got a good excuse. Well, you know what my excuse is to God if, if he starts to rail on me about all these awful things I did? I said, well, I asked you for help, but you didn't help me. So well, what else was I supposed to do? Thinking that that's going to be the excuse. I did the best I could with what I had. Again, we think our purpose in life is to live the best life we can to get all we can, enjoy all that we can on earth because, and here is the the bonus, and because I'm a Christian, I get to have an awesome life in eternity too. So I'm going to live the best life that I can right now, but I am a Christian. I believe in Jesus to make sure that no matter what happens, I'm going to be able to live the best awesome life that I can in the future. For all eternity, you do realize that it's probably going to be one eternal church service when we go to heaven. So if you don't like Sunday morning church service, you're probably not going to be too happy when you get to heaven. I guarantee you the preaching will be better, though. I guarantee that. Because in the end, We don't really realize what our true purpose here on earth is. That's why we're hopeless. That's why we live life without any hope. Because of course, God is not going to give you what it is that you want in order for you to live in a way that's not the reason why you were put here. But Shane, so you're saying that we're here to glorify God? Solomon made that very clear in Ecclesiastes. Fear God and keep his commandments. After all has been heard and served, fear God and keep his commandments. This is the duty of man. Whether you eat, whether you drink, whatever it is that you do, what do we do? We do it for the glory of God. So the question is, is God glorified? It's amazing when, you, when, when that idea of purpose, when that whole paradigm shifts And you start to realize that my purpose here on earth isn't isn't to live the best life and and acquire everything that I can and have the most happiness that I can and enjoy. All that stuff, if that's not my purpose and our purpose is to glorify God, it's amazing when you look at that and see just how much God has provided for us. Now, all of a sudden, everything that God promises us in scripture, he fulfills his promises. He's done that. Oh, but Shane, man, I've gone through some trials. Yeah, but did he not give you grace and mercy to get you through those trials? And now in the end, you are a better person for it because you glorify God through it. Isn't that awesome? And God is glorified. So if that's our whole purpose, that's the only reason why we're here, then we shouldn't have any problems now, should we? See, hope is not lost. Hope in Christ is still there. It's just that the hope that Christ brings is not the hope that we're hoping for. It's like, yes, God, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping in you to give me the life that I can live, the best life that I can live. I mean, right now I'm living in this house and, and you know, it's just, it's okay. But, God, you know, I, I'm talking about, like, you said that you made mansions in heaven. Well, can't you give me a mansion here? I'm looking on, on TV and I saw the new mansion that Taylor Swift bought. Can I get one like that? We, you know, sometimes I wonder, like, do we really realize what it is that we're asking for? We want God to give us a mansion that's got 21 bedrooms and a 12-car garage. You know what the question I always say when it comes to that kind of stuff? Who's going to clean it? You know how long it's going to take you to clean that house? You like you move into the house and every moment of every day for the rest of your life is just going to be cleaning the dust that accumulates because by the time you're done with, with room number 10, you got to go back to room number one because it's full of dust again. We don't know what it is that we're asking for. We don't want to know what it is that Christ is saving us from Well, God is leading us away from You know what we're like? Sometimes I look at our our behavior and stuff. I, I feel like what we're like is we're like the Jews when Jesus came. We want a king. Oh, yeah. But we don't want one like that. I don't want the king that's going to save me from sin. I want the king that's going to save me from the Romans. It's like, Jew, you want the king that's going to deliver us from the Romans? Not the kind that's going to deliver us from sin. Come on, we're, 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 we're your people. We follow your rules. We're, we're the righteousness. We don't need deliverance from sin. Those guys need deliverance from sin. We need a king that's going to deliver us from the Romans. Who's going to save us from hardship here on earth? I, don't, I, need the, the, I need the Lord. I need the God that's going to save me from hardships here on earth. I need the God that's going to gliv, give me bliss right now, not later. And that's how the world, that's how the enemy is going to get us. They're going to promise us the hope and the future that we want. They're going to tell you that it's okay to do it this way. They're going to tell us how to follow them And they're going to tell us that Jesus is not the only way. They're going to tell us that the Bible is not needed. The Bible has errors. The Bible was written by man. There are other books that give better answers for your situation today. Come on, it's the same God we all worship. You can have a better life. You can have your best life. You can have your cake and eat it too. You can inherit the world. You don't have to go through all that stuff. You can fulfill all that you desire because that's why we are here in the first place. You want to live life, but not just live life. You want to thrive in this life. And we can do that for you. So all you got to do right now is run, get a check, get your checkbook and write us a check for $19.99. And we're going to send you this garbage can that talks to you and it's going to revolutionize your life. It's going to make all your problems go away. A trash can that's going to make all my problems go away. Wow, sign me up for that. Then you find out it wasn't just a check for 1999. It was 19 installments of 1999. But family again, what good is it to gain the whole world but lose your own soul? 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 to 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 to 9. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. I always thank my God for you and for the gracious gifts he has given you. Now that you belong to Christ Jesus, through him God has enriched your church in every way with all your eloquent words and all of your knowledge. This confirms what I told you about Christ is true. Now you have every spiritual gift you need as you eagerly wait for the return of our Lord Jesus He will keep you strong to the end so that you will be free from all blame on that day when our Lord Jesus returns. God will do this for he is faithful to do what he says and he has invited you into partnership with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for all that you do, Lord. God, we pray that your word will be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Thank you in Jesus' name, amen. So if you're taking notes, the first thing we're going to look at today is the hope that we find in Christ and His faithfulness to His promises. Second, the words and works of Christ continue to give us hope and hope for future glory in Christ. So our thesis statement is this, and again, for those of you that don't know, my thesis statement is me trying to summarize the entire sermon in one sentence. Though sin and the pattern of this world cause us to lose hope with all the hopelessness in the world, it's the truth of the Scriptures and the power of the Holy Spirit that will cause us to rejoice in Christ, In us, the hope of glory. So point number one, hope in Christ. The reason why we can have hope today, this is the number one reason why I can say with all confidence, family, we can have hope today, is because of the Greek rendering here, pistas hatheos, this is simple. God is faithful. That's the number one reason why we can have hope today. Is because our God is faithful, and I, and I love it the way the the, the living the second edition Living Translation the, the, how they translated this that it's not just so much God is faithful, but the way it says it here is God will do this for He is faithful to do what He says. I love that it's not just God is faithful. I mean, we know that. That's good. But it makes it a little bit more specific to say that God is faithful to do what he says. Meaning that if God says he's going to do something, it means he's going to do what? He's going to do it. If God says he's going to do it, then he's going to do it. That's huge. That's huge. Uh, Kiampa and Rosner, they write... The Old Testament and early Judaism stress unequivocally the trustworthiness and reliability of God. God can be trusted to come good on all his promises and to deliver on all his undertakings. He's faithful to do what it is His promise. And, and in the Old Testament, that is the one thing that you see that is clear even when it comes to the people is they know God is faithful to do what it is that He says. The problem was they didn't like what He said. Isn't that the same? That's why I love when I go through the. I love studying when I go through the Old Testament, especially when you go through the Old Testament biblical narratives and you start to see what the people do and how the people respond, it's so similar to the way we respond today. Because we believe the same thing today. It's not a matter of we, we believe that God's going to do what he says. The reality is we don't like what he says. We actually don't want God to do what it is that he says. Take joy, my brothers, when you face trials of many kinds, for the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Lord, are you crazy? You're telling me I should be happy when I'm going through trials and tribulations, when all this bad stuff is happening to me? You're telling me I'm supposed to be happy? You want me to be happy? Boy, you crazy. Right? You are crazy. Reality is that we don't like it. Oh, we love all the blessing part. We love all that stuff. But when it comes to the judgment, when it comes to sanctification, when it comes to purity, when it comes to, you know, condemnation, when it comes to conviction, when it comes to all those things, when it comes to sin, talking about sin, talking about behaviors, talking about how far we fall short of the glory of God. Oh, we don't like that. Isn't that the issue? In the Old Testament, they are quick to tell you, yes, God is faithful. They saw it. They experienced it. They're like, man, I just, you know, we, we need food. We gotta have food. And God sends them manna from heaven, right? An awesome, amazing miracle. We need food, but we're upset because I gotta eat that same goop every single day? You can't throw in like lobster and steak. We can't have taco Tuesday. It's manna every single day. And then we say, oh, but you know, what about, what about meat? You know, they, obviously they weren't vegetarians, right? What about meat? We need to eat meat. And God sends them quail. Uh, the quail is good, but next week maybe turkey? How about steak? Some pork chops maybe? We get it, but maybe we don't like it. I see He will do what he says. And if God says it, he will deliver on it because he is able to deliver on it. Maybe because we don't get what we want because maybe he didn't say it. (laughs) Right? Has has that ever crossed our mind? Like, okay, I asked God for this. I don't get it. Maybe it's because he didn't promise that. Maybe. Maybe. Possibly we misunderstood something? Possibly we didn't get it right? come on. Uh, This is the thing I think is really bizarre sometimes when it comes to our understanding of Scripture. It's like, it's impossible for us to read things wrong. Come to the Bible, we read what it says, and it's just like, is it possible that we read that Scripture wrong? Is it possible that we misunderstood that? You know, I'm talking to this one guy, I'm like, you know, you 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 don't you don't misunderstand anything, any kind of communication. You don't misunderstand that. And he goes, oh, absolutely not. No, I, I didn't misunderstand that. I'm like I'm thinking you misunderstood this, but you know, so but you never misunderstand communication. Oh, oh no, I never do. Are you married? And he's like, shut up, Shane. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny, right, how that's just a a very odd thing. Very odd thing, indeed, when you think about that. So different. And maybe it's because we misunderstood. Maybe it's because God just flat out did not say that, right? It's like, you know, there's one guy says that he loves the scripture where in the Bible it says God will make you rich. I'm like, man, I've been... I've been researching the Bible for 30 years now. I would consider myself to be somewhat of a person who's somewhat capable when it comes to Scripture. That Scripture actually escapes me. I think if I had read that Scripture, I'd have underlined that several times, circled it, put highlighter on it, had it bleed through the page so it's on the other side all messed up. Bizarre stuff. Maybe God just didn't say it. Or maybe we misunderstood. Or maybe we think it's because God is just like everybody else in this world that actually don't follow through on what they promise. But the reality is, God is not like man that he should lie. God will fulfill what it is that he says he's going to do. But then we got those in our culture today that fulfill promises, but they don't do a good job when they do. Yeah, that's, that's even more frustrating, you know, when, they, when that happens. It's like, okay, fine, I promised I would help you do this. But then when they do it, it's the really bad job. You know, I tell you, when I was younger, I used to work for a builder, uh, Stapleton. We used to build homes in Stapleton. I think I'm pointing the wrong direction. Is that Stapleton? Stapleton. (laughs) Still got my... After seven years, you would think that I would have this down by now. Stapleton. Building houses at Stapleton. I remember once I I went in, and I was working as a a superintendent, an uh, assistant superintendent, and... um, and I remember I was walking into a house and in our houses we do crown mold. You know what guys know what crown molding is? It's that molding that they put up on the, the roof and the ceiling. And, the guy, and I walk in there and I'm looking and there's like four or five guys in this corner and they're just like furiously going, doing stuff like this. And I go and I look and I'm like, what is that? So what happens is they cut the crown mold and they nailed it in and there's like a gap this size. And I'm like, Uh, guys, the crown mold is short. Yeah, yeah, we we know. And so they're emptying out an entire couple of tubes of caulk, just stuffing caulk in there, you know, and then spraying foam, you know, doing all this stuff and sanding all this stuff. I'm like, guys, you need to redo that. That is messed up. No, 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 we got this, you know. And then after we do this, we will put some spackle in there. Oh, so when it dries and all that stuff, and then you know something happens, the house moves or something, it's gonna crack and all that stuff is gonna come out. They're like, oh no, 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 we got this, all this. And so I've been doing this for a while, so I know what's gonna happen with them doing all this stuff. But they don't care. They're just they just, yeah, I made a promise we're gonna do this, but they don't care, they're not doing a really good job. So I know what happens. They're gonna do this, they're gonna put caulk in there, and all those of you guys that know what happens to caulk when it dries it shrinks and everything that it's that it's shrunk with it's going to pull all that spackle and everything that they put on top of it it's going to fall out and then it's going to happen right after we sell the house these guys got paid they're on their way and i'm doing the warranty job and the, the manager's going to look up or the homeowner's going to be like what is that it happens all the time so what i started to do when i saw stuff like that i'd be like oh well, hey guys you know what I see? This is what you gotta do and I get them down to get off the ladder and I go up there, I climb up to the ladder and I look and I say, you see this right over here? This is the problem right here and I grab it, stick my hands in it and I rip it (laughs) off the wall. (sighs) Fix it right this time. (laughs) It was frustrating. Um, But that's the frustrating thing. People that fulfill their promises but they don't do a good job. When God healed people, He didn't heal just half their leg. Not only did he heal the leg, but also forgave their sins. Our God is able to do exceedingly abundant above all that we could ever ask or imagine. He will do what he says, and when he does the job, he's gonna do more than we could ever ask or imagine. This is our Lord. This is how he is. He fulfills his promises us. We can have hope because God promises us. He promises to hear us in Psalm 10 verse 17. Lord, you know the hopes of the helpless. Surely you will hear their cries and comfort them. He promises that he's going to be compassionate to us. In 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 7, give all your worries and cares to God for he cares about you. Now, that's the thing. When it came to some of the work that was done, they did the work that they did because they didn't care. God cares for us even more than we even care for ourselves god promises to comfort us first uh, or for for john 14:16 john 14:16 and i will ask the father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you god promises to bring goodness psalm 27:13 yet i am confident i will see the lord's goodness while i'm here in the land of the living god promises to guide us the lord says i will guide you along the beth Best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. God promises to bring us peace. Philippians four seven. Philippians four seven. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. God promises to be our refuge in Psalm nine nine. The Lord is a shelter for the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble. He promises to be our shield. Psalm eighty four eleven. Psalm eighty four eleven. For the Lord God is a son and shield the Lord bestows favor and honor no good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly God promises to sustain us and God promises that he will be with us James 4.8 James 4.8 come close to God and God will come close to you wash your hands you sinners purify your hearts for your loyalty is divided between God and the world these are amazing promises family I could go on and on and on he is faithful to do what he says this is why we can have hope today. He will fulfill his promises. He will do what he says. He will do what he says. And this is why we can rest on the gospel today. So family, it is the deceptions of the world that promises hope when there is no hope apart from Christ. You can't have hope apart from Christ. We pull, we struggle, we strain, we try to get everything that we can. We think that the things in the world is going to make us happy and it is not. We try to find comfort in money, it doesn't. We try to find comfort in relationships, it doesn't. This is the reason why we, we struggle, and people, especially in the church, you see this a lot when people struggle when it comes to their relationships. And then you you find out, it's just like, man, this is a really unhealthy relationship for you. And they want to remain in it. Finding some kind of hope in the relationships when they find that it actually doesn't. We try to find hope in groups. We try to find hope in, in identity. We try to find hope in fashion, in clothes. This is the thing that I'm trying to choke out of my daughters right now. You know, if you got a nice outfit and you walk out there, you know, People don't, uh, your life all of a sudden, all the issues and things that you, that you experience and have problems with, they don't go away. It's still there. No matter how much money you spend on clothes. I talked to a, I talked to a girl, um, I want, or I talked to the girl's mom. I wanted a follow-up on it. But I was blown away. So apparently this is just normal today, but she spent $500 on a pair of jeans. And... And I, I guess this is, no, what I'm being told is this, this is normal. So all you, all, all the every, all the people that are like over, I don't know, over 30 right now are all crinkled forehead. $500 on jeans. Everybody that's under 30, y- y'all are like looking down. Yeah, I was like, I spent $700 on jeans yesterday. It's like a normal thing today, I get it. But it was like, you know, nowadays you, you buy jeans and you spend big money on it because I guess the jeans now are cut in such a way where it shapes you. And I was like, for real? I'm just like, yeah, so you can buy a pair of jeans and it makes you look like 20 pounds lighter. And I thought about that for a minute going, that might be worth $500 if it makes me look 20 pounds lighter. It shapes your legs, makes your knees, you know, it just accentuates the beauty of your knees. <laughs> helps your underarms. You know, all the I don't know. It just it just does stuff. And so so then I saw it on her and she comes in and I was just like, So are those the five hundred dollar jeans? And she goes, Yeah, don't you like it? And she shows, I was just kind of like, Yeah, I guess I guess it looks good, you know? And then so I asked mom later. And mom was just like, yeah, she talked to her daughter about it, and it was just kind of like that first day when she went out, everybody was like, oh yeah, those are nice jeans, wow, yeah, nice, oh, those look cool on you, blah, 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 blah. The next time she wore it, maybe one or two people. The The third time she wore it, nobody said anything. I was like, so it just wore off. It's amazing. I don't know if you guys know this or not, but it's amazing. Jeans don't actually fix your lives. I, I was shocked when I found out that these Wrangler jeans that I have won't make my problems go away. These $25 Wrangler jeans that I bought that I got the thumbs up from Al. I went because of Al. Al was just like, oh, no, no, I get jeans at Wrangler for 25 bucks." I go, really? And I went over there and I was like, he was right. I'll take that, I'll take that, I'll take that. We're always distracted looking for things that's going to give us hope. The deceptions, the lies, the distractions that bring nothing but worry. Worry when there's no worry at all. Family, Christ is our hope. Christ is our hope of glory. But it's in sin and the pattern of the world that causes us to lose sight of what's true and lose hope in falling into hopelessness. We know that Christ will, he will do what he promised, But the reality is in sin, we don't want what he promised. And so we despair because we know that what we want is not right. So we can't depend on God to do it. It's sin in us that causes us to desire. We have no hope in God. When we actually get it, it never satisfies. Sin causes us to lose sight of our true purpose in life family, I'm hoping that we get, this is the one piece that I'm going to hammer every single week this whole Christmas, is understanding why we are here. This is going to help us through these difficult times, understanding why we are here. We think that this life is about pleasure, desires, and our happiness. It's not. It's everything that we do, we do for the glory of God. That's why we're here. We live and breathe today to bring glory. Every morning when you wake up, your goal is to bring glory to God. Every night when you go to bed, your goal is to bring glory to God. We want to bring glory to God in our sleep. We want to bring glory to God in our dreams. We want to bring glory to God when we brush in our teeth. In everything that we do, we want to bring glory to God. And that's the reality of our judgment because that's just not the case. And that's what the reality of the judgment that we see in scripture, that God lets you have what you want. Okay, fine. I'm going to give you what you want and realize that that was the worst thing that he could have ever done. so as we close we gotta remember we gotta think God knows more than we do I guarantee that so if God is telling you that there's something bad for you it's probably because it is but Shane you don't understand so and so got it well, maybe so and so got because he's under judgment, and God is just giving him and turning him over to what his heart desires. I think about this. I was in I was in high school. I was too wor- I was too young to be worried about marriage, but you know I had this crush in high school, and she broke up with me, and it was like my life just went. I was I was an abused child, but anyway. Um, my life was just in shambles and just like, oh, just like messed up. And I was just like, God, you don't understand. This is the girl for me. This is the girl that I want. I want to spend the rest of my life with her. I want to be this. And and this is going to make me happy if you could just do this for me. And I remember we just never got back together again. No matter how hard I tried, never. And I was mad at God. Why would you do this? This girl is so perfect. You know, you order our steps. This is a godly woman, all this stuff. And she's just like, yeah, no, 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 no. No, it's just never, nothing ever happened. Nothing came of it. Anyway, so years later, uh, I, I run back into her and uh, I'm talking with her, and she's on her fourth husband right now. And admitted to me that the last two husbands she cheated on and the last, the first husband, they were like doing drugs and all of this kind of stuff together and like got totally messed up and it was just, it was just bad. And I remember hanging up the phone or hanging up something and I was like, man, that could have been me. I could have been one of the four and I'm like, mad at God, because God wouldn't hook me up. I gotta just need the hook. Can you just hook me up? I wouldn't do it. Could it be that God was up there going, "Shane, Shane, Shane. You know not what you ask. And I'm telling you, Shane, you're a tender-hearted guy. She is going to rip your heart out. She's going to river dance on it. She's going to kick it into the trash and then take it over to the garbage man. Tell the garbage man to take your heart over to the butcher. They're going to turn that into hamburger and then she's going to bring it back, cook some hamburgers for you and make you eat your own heart. Maybe it's because God knows better. We can rejoice today the love of God and his his wonderful compassion, he sent Jesus into this world to live the life we should have lived and to die the death that we should have died. Jesus died for our sins according to the scriptures and he was buried and he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into this world to save sinners. Jesus came to seek and save that which was lost family, the promises continue that all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Salvation is here because Christ came. This is why we celebrate this Advent season, because this is the most amazing miracle that there is, his coming, the fulfillment of the promise of God that he was promising from the beginning, that he was going to send his son and they were going to take him care of it all. And this is the hope that we have, that the promises that he made are yes and amen. And we can have hope that God will do what he says he will do. Have hope today, family. Let's pray. Thank you for listening, and may the Lord bless you and keep you. For more information about Central Baptist Church, go to www.cbcaurora.com